2: Hello and welcome. Uh, this podcast is actually going to be called something, isn't it? But we haven't decided what it is yet. We have no, we haven't had a think. No, I was—I did have a think. Right? Not a good think, <laughs>
0: <but> <laughs> a I've had a thing, think. A long, hard think. It was hard. Okay.
2: I was going. We should call it Pam Wham. Pam Wham. Pete and Mark. <laughs> Wrestlemania. <laughs> oh, I mean, now, come on, look at this. Problem is, I think the word Wrestlemania is trademarked.
0: Not Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania <laughs> is not only that for a reason. <laughs> but I think anything that we
2: put in about Wrestlemania, I think we'll get a cease and desist. Right. Okay. Whatever we do, we're we're mm. screwed.
0: We're not hiding and nothing, and this is the first episode. So, have you ever uh, patented like a word? <laughs> no, I, I no.
2: Because if we trademark the <laughs> Wrestlemania. Word, Wrestlemania. <laughs> I mean, that to me seems like... If nothing else, it's a bit like cyber squatting.
0: What I would say is that Wrestlemania, the original idea... If they patent it, they must patent it as a man genu... They must patent the actual idea of a wrestling match and a production, a TV production, but also what happens if a man goes crazy. You know, he literally has WrestleMania, so it's got to be an illness at the same time. Well, it's funny you should say that. Because, <laughs> because I've got <laughs> WrestleMania. As the series goes
2: on, we will meet a WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I believe also the word WrestleManiac is trademarked. Um, is that right? Yeah, it's, oh. it's, 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 it was actually coined by the ring announcer, a guy called Howard Finkel, right. and he came up with WrestleMania, and he was like, if there's Beatlemania, there can also be WrestleMania. Uh, okay. Vince McMahon, who is the big promoter, the yeah. guy who owns WWE oh, now, yeah. WWF back in the day, he uh, came up with a different title for it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know a lot of people are like Vince McMahon, is one of the great <laughs> geniuses of yeah. promotion. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He wanted to call it the Colossal
0: Tussle. <laughs> the Colossal Tussle! <laughs> tussle is such a weak word, why would he do that? It's got too many lustful muscles. <laughs> <whistles. laughs> it's like Colossal Velocity from <laughs> the part film. So terrible.
2: We could call it Pete and Mark's Colossal Tussle, <laughs> but then no one's going to know that, and Vince McMahon's going to go, you literally just said I invented that. <laughs> You know, you were talking about trademarks and all this stuff, and then you've you've just gone. Oh yeah, there's a thing that's probably also trademarked. We'll, well use that one. I,
0: well, I reckon he already would have trademarked it, then gone back and told the lads about it, and then the lads laughed in his face and went, oh, "I'll probably let that one." Has lapse. has he decided to take a patent out on? <laughs> Pamwam. Pamwam, probably not, no, WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. So yeah. a very simple idea. We're just gonna spend the next ooh, four or five years watching <laughs> WrestleMania's in chronological order. Yeah. They start in nineteen eighty five. The most recent one was WrestleMania thirty three. Mm. So we've got
0: thirty-three. We're probably gonna I reckon I reckon we'll we'll kinda catch up by thirty five. Right, okay. So I mean the, the 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 kind of our reason for being effectively is you've seen um all of them, mm. many times, mm. and I've seen none of them. Mm. I'm not a big wrestling fan. I, I know a couple of characters, I know a couple of players. Uh, one of my great pleasures is watching wrestling with you, Mark, because you can point out things and tell me the stories behind, beyond the mat, so you, to speak. You see, I love wrestling, and mm. it's a
2: really hard thing to admit to when you're a 42-year-old man. It is just, it's one of those things that is, there's a line in um, Woody Allen, uh, Hannah and her Sisters. Right. One of the characters says, can you imagine the level of a mind that enjoys wrestling?
0: Right, well, fuck That's off, Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, like, you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we all we'll know you are shit, mate. Right? Your shit don't stink, but no, if it did stink, Absolutely. of <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he is still alive. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, it would be a nice thing for me to sort of, if you like, come clean and just go, mm. I love wrestling. And, and the weird thing is, I don't, necessarily like the soap opera element of it that's mm. not what i'm there for i'm there because i love the fact it's the strangest job in the world yeah it's a fake if you like for want of a better word and i think you know we'll probably have a chat about the word fake but it's a it's a fake world with real people in it and mm. quite often the real things that happen impact on the fake world yeah. and that's what becomes most fascinating it, it's it's a really odd double layered soap opera that runs, Mm. part of it is a reality show and part of it is a fictional one.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my favourite stories are you know, Big Show's father's funeral oh. or what it was it was his mother's funeral I can't it, remember it's it, his dad it's his dad he's just died and uh, they put that on the telly Yeah, in a kind of fabricated manner Like I love those kind of horrible <laughs> things that have happened in wrestlers' lives that find their way into storylines because frequently Vincent McMahon seems to see it as a good idea I like the idea of uh, wrestlers on that kind of can be that kind of like amateur who, who travels the world just kind of just living from paycheck to paycheck and, 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 and not being able to get any assurance and not being able to make that much yeah. money and you're just making gym membership and enough to eat and goodness knows they have to eat a lot of money to, a lot of food to uh, to keep that 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 physique up and it, I, I find the whole living on an edge it's like being in a band i find it fascinating it is kind and of it,
2: thing. it's an expensive job and you can mm. do that thing where you've wrestled in front of ninety three thousand people and the following year you are absolutely on your uppers yeah it, it's just you know you don't absolutely. know who it's going to happen to yeah. you don't know who's going to be the person who suddenly becomes the millionaire it, it, yeah. it just changes week to week. You can sometimes see it week to week. People like CM Punk, you know, mm. there's a great story behind CM Punk. There's also a great story to come, which is going to be when he eventually comes back. Yeah. He will come back. Yeah. Everybody always does. Mm. But you get these these sort of, the cross of, of the real and the fake mm. is unique. There's nothing else like it. The closest it would be is if you said there's a National Theatre play which started in the 30s. It's still going and for some reason, there's a magazine that's reporting on everything the actors say backstage yeah. as well.
0: It's it's and just, it's insanely popular.
2: There is uh, uh, hugely popular. I mean, I mean, p- uh, periods of it, it's been the most popular thing, mm. pretty much in the world. Mm. They had the indoor attendance record for many many years. Seventy three thousand people went to see WrestleMania three. That was uh, a huge, a huge, unthinkable amount of people in a time when we didn't have the sort of stadiums that we have now. Yeah, it's uh, it goes in peaks and troughs. That's also interesting. It's, it's not always on the level where it's a comfortable thing. Quite often you get things, the WWE, in the late 90s, they were almost under. They've probably got to a point now where they're never going to go under, but all the other people are. They're constantly at mm. that level. Uh, you just can't get tired of it. If you're tired of the stuff in the ring, the stuff outside the ring will keep you interested. Yeah. And I should probably say, when we do this, th- there will be a certain amount of we're going to be laughing at some of this. (laughs) What we're not doing is laughing at the people who wrestle. That is a skill that I think is unique in the world. I think those people who... The old thing about, is wrestling fake? Wrestling is not fake, it's predetermined. The results are predetermined. The people who are falling every time they get hit are falling down like you get hit. It's an impossibly, impossibly hard job to do. So the word fake... Which is what you'd probably naturally think of as, as as being a wrestling term. It's not one that, if we use, we're talking about it being a fake thing for the people who do it. It's their livelihoods. It's a physical livelihood, mm. and it's and it's difficult. Yeah. The only thing we're talking about there is the sense of it's something that is scripted. The results are predetermined.
0: Should we should we crack on? Yeah, let's crack on. Yeah. So we so we're going to um, look at uh, WrestleMania One. I, I I had a little look. Yeah. Fascinating. This is Fascinating this this stuff. is the
2: first WrestleMania from nineteen eighty five. Mm. It's absolutely awful.
0: (laughs) Well... What I would say is that the splash screen, the the big picture that, you know, whenever WrestleMania 1 comes up, it's always the painting that someone's done of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. I don't think whoever painted that has ever seen either of those characters. (laughs) Because they look like bad video game box art. They look like kind of an old Spectrum game or something that someone's done.
2: It does have that that video game feel, doesn't it? Because Mm. it's got
0: that time. That's the sort of point point where you sort of begin getting
2: Nintendo. Yeah. And they start sort of, you know. Bang on, yeah. And and you've got uh, cable TV wrestling mm. is cheap to, cheap to film mm. so you can just chuck it on and you've got an hour there right. so it does have a really retro gaming feel yeah. the entire thing and they're really basic graphics <laughs> there are some really like when you see it on, on the, like, the WWE Network or on a the DVD they've actually changed the music at the start because they'd originally paid Phil Collins loads of money. Really? And it was Easy Lover was <laughs> the thing. What
1: are
0: you of? <laughs> So hang on, Easy Lover was the original theme on WrestleMania? And, it was. And, and what, he didn't write it for? No, WrestleMania. no. <laughs> Easy Lover. S- someone
2: heard it on the radio and went, "That is sums up everything about <laughs> WrestleMania to me. That's Phil Collins singing Easy, Easy Lover. Lover. They go. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. If anything, who is it referring to? If anything, it's it's like it's like they're sort of doing it down a bit. <laughs> they're sort of going. <laughs> yeah, if you're cheap, watching this,
0: cheap. Yeah,
2: wrestling. yeah. These these. Oh, you like the men, don't you? Mm, <laughs> really odd. But but I mean that aside. Say what you like about it.
0: It's horrific. <laughs> watching it is nasty. I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, there's so little sort of bombast to it. I think the way it's filmed, uh, the way that the um, I mean, we'll come on to it, but like the, the the interviews with the wrestlers at the start where they do their you know they, they do their punk talk and they they're shouting at the other wrestlers. One wrestler <laughs> appears, the commentator say, asks him a question, says, oh, "How are you going to go tonight?" And, he, and he'll do his speech to the camera. Half of them aren't even looking down the lens; <laughs> they're looking off. Um, and then and then. And then he'll sort of walk off, and then another wrestler's already standing there <laughs> to do his one. And, and like, why are they shouting down the lens anywhere? Just just shout at the guy who stood there. Yeah, yeah, like a, like, a, like a boxing promoter's press conference. Like, you know, the one thing
2: at that time, it goes out on closed circuit TV. There is mm-hmm. no way, if you're in the dressing room of Madison Square Garden waiting for a match, you're going to have access to cable TV. <laughs> you're not going. That message is going to be lost on you. There's a great one, quite close to the end, where. Mean Gene Okerlund, who's the the bald guy with the moustache, who's the, the sort of long time WWF backstage interviewer. Right, okay, yeah. He uh, he he turns to fabulous Moolah, who is a, a a lady wrestler who began in the forties. Mm. She's she's a real battle axe, and she's she's the one with the um, dollar glasses. She is, and he says to her, he basically he's got two lines with her, and at no point has he thought. I should probably say to her what I'm gonna ask and then she can think about Mm. what she's gonna reply. Yeah. So instead he just goes, I'm here with fabulous Moolah. Uh Moolah, where did you get your glasses? (laughs) And she really (laughs) panics. (laughs) And she goes she goes I got them from a jeweller for special (laughs) occasion. And she's so thrown she can't even say a proper English sentence.
0: Well well, that's the weird thing. It doesn't like bearing in mind they they know they've got to come on and do a, you know, like a a Hmm. speech and tell I'm gonna knock you out or whatever. None of them seem to have prepared anything. That's what I don't understand. None of them. No. The thing is like Andrew the Giant does one and he (laughs) and he finishes and then you think that's over and then they'll start talking again. And then it just cuts. That's Andre the
2: Giant. He was like the third on. The, the, he is. He's, third Bill. He's a great wrestler. The one thing he never had on his side was the ability to do the talking. He was French for oh, life. He's French. His vocal cords are all stringy, he's got, so a, he's got a really deep voice. And also, he's he's probably really drunk. He's like notoriously a massive boozer. He just drinks and drinks and drinks. The idea that he's going to be able to, you know, look, the guy, the guy is billed at seven foot four. He's the giant, the eighth wonder of the world. Why are you going to sort of
0: go, do you know what, though, to tip it over, let's see what he's like thinking on his feet? <laughs> I just find the whole production, the guy uh, who um, it was like a silver jacket man who appeared briefly, mm. who looked like... Like Johnny Cash from Space. He is. Like he was. (laughs) I think, are you talking about Lord Alfred Hayes? Are you talking about the guy in the suit? No, the guy in the suit that I love, the British guy. Yeah. I think he's British, but he he can't, they haven't given him an auto cue. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, He only gets given some notes about halfway through WrestleMania, and he can't do the job that he's paid to do. And I've never seen this guy before, and I've never seen a man. Be t- it's this hope for us all, really. The, uh, I just he is one of the great <laughs> enigmas of the world. Right? <laughs> but he's doing pieces to camera, and wrestlers are walking in front of him between him and the camera. No not- respect for him, no. and, and there shouldn't be any because no. he can't do his job. He
2: he was he was an employee for years. Not only that, before <laughs> WrestleMania, they gave him the responsibility of hosting a like wrestling chat show. <laughs> right. Right. You've seen him for like 30 seconds and gone, <laughs> this is the worst broadcaster in the world. <laughs> Imagine watching a, like a 15-episode series where he does it. He's He, 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 he does looked, my favourite thing in this whole thing. He looks like, like a guy from Viz. He
0: looks like a drawing from Viz. He looks he like does.
2: A- 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 his dad. He used to be called, in Britain when he was a wrestler, he was called Judo Al Hayes. Right. And he didn't do any judo. <laughs> <laughs> Just something he did. When he went to America, he called himself Lord Alfred Hayes. Right, OK. He's it's, not a lord. Like
0: when John Peel went to America and pretended he knew the Beatles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just Jobs. Yeah, exactly that.
2: He's, um, he does a great thing where he's got, he's got an opening and he just has to say, in four words, his first four words, he has two monumental fuck-ups, which is just amazing. <laughs> so the first thing he does is they throw to him and they go, please welcome your lordship, Al Hayes. And he goes, thanks, Gino. And now, you know in wrestling, right, a lot of people have two names. <laughs> So, like, you might know him as Hulk Hogan.
1: Well, his
2: family know him as Terry Bollea. <laughs> Alfred Hayes makes a cardinal error there where he's talking to the announcer. Now, you might think, oh, it's easy to forget the announcer's name. Mm. The announcer is called Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon. To be honest, though, I reckon he went... Mon- Mr. Monsoon or Gorilla? Well, gorilla, gorilla Monsoon's
2: real name is Gino Morella.
0: So, oh, That's uh, good, because they've gone with the G and the M. Nice, yeah, I like it.
2: Absolutely. And Alfred decides, he goes, oh, this is wrestling. <laughs> this is a huge show. What's the one thing I've got to remember? It's Real names. It's all about the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, you to- <laughs> so he does it. And not only that, but because he's done it, it infects. Jesse Ventura who's working with Gorilla <laughs> Monsoon and throughout the entire he WrestleMania he calls him Gino holy moly he so calls- they just drop it it's like going what's the ma- what's the main event it's uh, Roddy Piper and Paul Ondorff versus Mr. T and Terry <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> they get it so poorly done well that, that was a weird thing sort of seeing Jesse Ventura because obviously I know him as I, I don't know him as a wrestler at all I know him as a, um, a 9-11 truther yeah. and a, a politician and yeah. he, he always seemed to be on the right side of things he, you know He's very. Um, he's anti-homophobia, yeah. uh, pro, pro um, uh, uh, you know black rights and stuff like that. And so it was. It he, was- he
2: was the same as a wrestler. He mm-hmm. really, really tried to start up a wrestlers' union, right. which is one thing they've never been unionized. So often, if they're if they um, I mean, they just have no rights yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all this debate about independent contractors, which you get in a lot of fields. But they they basically you know once they're once they're through the company, that's it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there to sort of give them you know holiday pay, sick pay. But Jesse Ventura tried really, really hard in the '80s to start up a wrestlers' union. There was talk. He's always said it was nixed by Hulk Hogan, who thought he was on a good thing. There was no need to have a unionized wrestlers. Right. So he sort of fell, sort of slightly. a thing. he's always been right on. He was a big wrestler in the '70s. I think he had sort of back trouble, right. and then he became a color commentator mm. on uh, on on the wrestling commentary. He's he's really good at mm. that job. Yeah. And you can slightly see that he took all of those things he did in ten, fifteen years of commentary doing wrestling he took that out into the real world and that made him a sort of tough talking politician mm. i mean what you the other thing you're going to see is there are three wrestlemanias that donald trump's at yes. I bet those are coming up yes and there's a there's an infamous one at 23 but you can slightly see how politics and wrestling they're a good match because what you're doing is you're doing tough talk you're doing it off the top of your head and it doesn't really matter what you say so long as you slightly get across the point you want to make yeah and that is you know, politics and wrestling in America is exactly the same thing at the minute. Hmm. Astonishing stuff. He's um, he, he's really good on this broadcast. Gorilla Monsoon's also good as well. I used to hate him when I was younger. I think he was rubbish. But I sort of like him now. He's just this weird, avuncular man who is <laughs> either horrified or delighted by anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing in between. Col- Colin by his name, Mark. <laughs> Gino. <laughs> Gino also, Monsoon.
2: Just while we're on that bit, I was obsessed with the crowd.
0: Oh, the cr- everyone looked like they were... Like Jim Jones and the Johnson mask. Like everyone looked like they were in some kind of weird cult. I, I, I genuinely don't
2: think that anyone who was at WrestleMania One in the audience is still alive.
0: <laughs> I, there's just something about it; they all must be dead by when, now. When Roddy Piper was uh, bringing his, um, his 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 pipers through the, the bagpipes through the um, through the crowd, his kids were just making like a gun signal at every second bagpiper. I mean, I agree with the sentiment, but yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that it was just a bit much for a. Like there's, an
2: eight year old. There's one shot of a pretty woman, and it comes uh, right at the end. So the cameraman has been searching for three hours to find someone who isn't a bloke with a beard who is shouting. It's also, it, it's like a tipping point as well here. The, it's a weird thing where the, the WWF haven't yet gone, this could be for families. They're still yes. doing, and this is still a point where the audience probably. The majority of them, they've heard wrestling
0: might be fake, mm. but they're not sure. Well, at, at the end, Ali, is it Ali uh, gets kicked out of the, um, it's in the final yeah. match, is it? I think uh, one, one of the um, three that are in the ring, he yeah. gets kicked out and Ali, and, and Ali actually runs over. Uh, Ace, he chases Ace out of, yeah. the, out of the ring. Um, and Ace mounts into the camera, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like the camera zooms in and he just goes, motherfucker. <laughs> Do like, you know who his <laughs> dad he is? Who's that? He's oh. the dad of Randy Orton. Oh, was that right? Yeah, I upset Randy Orton, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Remember, we were on a breakfast show uh, for a radio station, and Randy Orton came in early in the morning, just as Dave's dawning, And he, uh, we did we talk about him? We talked getting about him. The Marines? Yes, that's absolutely. Yeah, he got yeah. a dishonourable discharge, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, uh, He got a sort of discharge and he hid in his grandma's basement. And when, then we talked about Bin Laden. I said, maybe Bin Laden's in your grandma's basement. And he maintained eye contact with me <laughs> throughout the adverts. This was enough years ago that just saying to an American, you're like Bin Laden, <laughs> would be... I mean, there's no equivalent. I mean, it's absolutely it appalling. It was 2009.
2: Yeah. So it wasn't... Well, real, too just, soon. Too soon. <laughs>
0: well, whatever it was. Whatever it was, guys. But, but
2: uh, I, think, yeah. I think what you've got there is you've got an audience as well who... Actually, the audience are Quite good. They're not. They're not a terrible audience. And they, what they're really into is. I think they've got that thing of going. Well, some of the starting matches might be fake, but the main event definitely isn't fake. Oh, is that right? Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think they've got that sort of mentality. And the longer it goes on, the more they're like, "Well, we'll get this out of the way because we've got some big matches coming up." Mm. And they are so sort of stoked for it. That's that, that for me breaks my heart that there was a point where you could go and see wrestling and most of the people there would think it was real. That's so exciting to me. Right, okay, yeah. You know, that that, that illusion is long gone. Mm. But just imagine watching that and just thinking, you know, I saw the greatest fights in the history of the world and they were all real and they were spectacular. Mm. You know, starring a fat man (laughs) under a
0: mask with dirty white boots. Well, I mean, the first match um, was, like, it starts with the national anthem because every sporting event... Uh, it starts with the national anthem. You've got to start with a bang. <laughs> start with a bang, and not nobody in Madison Square Gardens, apart from one man, seemed to know the words. And even that man had cards. <laughs> they he, he doesn't even get through the first sentence without yeah. looking at the cards. The unpatriotic break. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's he, that's he's me, and
2: Gene Oakland, who's the commentator. Yeah. They basically, <laughs> it's always been said they had a big name star to sing the national anthem. And that person just didn't turn up. (laughs) So, in the circumstances, what do you do? (laughs) You get. You've got Liberace there, (laughs) right? So, what do you do? You go to the 60 year old bald man (laughs) who does the backstage interviews
0: and you go, get up there, we've written on a piece of paper, and and just sing your heart out. That was the other thing about the Lord introducing interviews when he was doing the backstage uh, interviews. Like. Uh, the Lord kept on not being able to describe the past. <laughs> so he had a real problem with the present <laughs> and the past. And he's going, uh, there was talking happening with backstage uh, <laughs> earlier. It happened. He, and he was, they he, he's got a problem describing an interview that happened earlier on. <laughs> he, was, like, he really, I don't know whether there's a legal requirement to describe things that only happen as not live. I don't know, <laughs> but he had real problems with it, whatever. <laughs>
2: i can't that was his job right it's not like he's just a retired wrestler and they get him in to be nice right he was there for a decade a decade oh just a- a- astonishing a- astonishing the other thing i really like and it's just something you really notice in the national anthem is because it's so dark in there i mean yeah. it looks like it looks like it's filmed at like quarter to
0: four in the morning well well the weird thing is like you uh they've got they don't have many cameras like, and we talk about the lot, and, and we are mainly laughing at the production values because we've, I've grown up with, you know, even my, my era of wrestling was, I don't yeah. know, it, it was a little bit further on than that. It's probably like, I don't know, uh, mid-90s, early, early 90s. Um, like, I remember it being a lot more jazzy, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm mainly laughing at the fact that they only appeared on three cameras. <laughs> one of which is, like, in the in the back of the stadium, right the back. looking in. A completely useless shot because you can't see half the crowd. But it gives you an indication that if you'd have got a ticket to that, <laughs> what you would have seen, which is... Literally nothing. But just film it once and then, you know, just repeat it. And then move the camera down and use it, you know, somewhere else. My absolute
2: favourite bit as well (laughs) is they've got some cameras that are nearer the ring. Mm. But because it's so dark... Sometimes the camera will accidentally get one of the spotlights that's shining into the ring. Oh, and it burns, <laughs> doesn't it? It burns it just like a red, burn. it burns a red streak in it. And all the wrestlers get those sort of pink lines coming off them <laughs> with the movement of the camera. <laughs> yeah, this, this looks great. This <laughs> is fine. The, the video has the, the, the thing on the front. It says beginning a tradition of glamour and excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be more glamorous. It, it looks like. Like a
0: horrible, illegal fighting den, <laughs> you know, full of men who are off their nut but, on steroids. But I think what I would say is the interesting thing about um, wrestlers, obviously, you know, when I went to see uh, Raw, I think it was. we uh-huh. you see Raw and some yeah, couple of other yeah, shows, yeah. I think, they, where they did them back and forth? Like, you could tell which side the wrestlers were wrestling to effectively when it came to the cameras and stuff. So, yeah. I guess the wrestlers got better at it as well, because I can't imagine there was many... They did. You know,
2: and there's also, there's a really funny thing about about, you know, how the WWE becomes the biggest wrestling organization in the world at the time Mm -hmm. 85 it's really neck and neck with with the sort of the the nwa which becomes wcw rick flair is the head man there Mm. the wrestling there is leagues ahead of the wwf really really good they don't come forward they remain a small local promotion and part of the reason is vince mcmahon just looked at it and went how do we stop this looking like this does right now and they just went lighting rigs. And if you get right. really good lighting rigs, it was suddenly this bright, fun, exciting product mm. where you could see everything and everybody else was stuck in the dark and it looked dingy and horrible and cheap. Right. And, and really, that's what it comes down to. The reason that he's a billionaire today is because
0: he went, do you know what this
2: could do with? Some more spotlights. That That's it.
0: Right, okay. What, kind of, what, just... Illuminate the, the 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 place around the ring, the crowd, the building, right. the entrances,
2: ah. all of that. He he he. A lot of people obviously. There's more to it than that. It's the right people at the right time. They did the right things. They had a very expansionist viewpoint. But you you can make the argument that if the other federations had done more sort of production value, hmm. they would still be in the game, certainly they wouldn't have gone out of business as quickly as they did. And you watch this and you go, this is appalling. And the reason that you think it's so appalling is because it looks like it's been filmed through a pair of tights. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. It could, could, when you watch it, you sort of go, this is 1985. And you go, that's a surprise because I thought it was about 1850.
0: (laughs) Absolutely terrible. Well, like... Yeah, I, I mean, so so it starts off, I mean, all a lot of the wrestlers, and certainly the ones that are kind of like, either, either, you know, builders, either being Mexican or South American, something, yeah. they've all got the same haircut. Everyone's got the same Everyone kind has. of Paul Pesca Salido kind of like thick, thatched hair.
2: Everyone's got Whoa. like, when you see Saturday Night Live from <laughs> yeah. 83, 84. A guy
0: with like a really thin mic doing <laughs> some really weak observational yeah. comedy. And
2: everyone's got really super
0: soft looking hair, and it's a bit <laughs> feathery.
2: It's, yeah. uh, it, it, it is astonishing. Um, match one. You're mentioning uh, like uh, like the Mexican wrestler. This is this is uh, what's sort of funny is this is the the first match is is Tito Santana mm. versus the Executioner. Mm. And this is the first match in WrestleMania history. There'll never be another one of these. Yeah. And they really, really have... They don't know what they've got with WrestleMania. They have no idea it's going to be going 33 years later. Yeah. No one does. And so what they do is they put on Tito Santana, who is a, a really good, solid mid-card wrestler... Mm. They're never going to make him a champion because he's got Mexican American heritage. This is the 80s America. The last yeah. thing you're going to have is someone who's a little
0: bit ethnic, you know, carrying your brand. He was from Texas. He it. was. Yeah. It. And not only that, they said he was, he was billed as being from Tocula, Mexico. The actual place is Toluca. They just get it right. At least give you an accurate backstory. you have
2: got that thing of going, let's not bill him from Texas. Let's bill him from Mexico because that will get in Mexican fans. What's the village he's from? Oh, bumland. <laughs> no
0: respect. <laughs> they,
2: they, uh, he, he is really good. He's one of the few people as well, just on a weird note, he was only ever a good guy. And there are so few oh, people... he's never gone heel. He never went heel. And there are, there are so few people who did that during their careers, even less now. Yeah. But you, uh, weirdly, a couple of matches later, you get someone who did the same thing, which is Ricky Steamboat. Really sort of unusual in this day and age. I, I think I, they're actually pretty much the only two people I can think who actually... I've done it in wrestling never, history,
0: essentially. Never, 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 never ne- turned bad. Never played a bad wow. guy. The
2: guy that he's opposite, and, and it's just a real example about how they don't know what they're doing at this stage. He, they bring him in. He's called the Executioner.
0: He's never, ever <laughs> been a character before. Right? Oh, this is his debut? Yeah. And they, don't know, they don't know who's in the mask? Like no. Even people who know wrestling wouldn't even know who that was? And weirdly, the guy in the mask is quite a well-known wrestler from the time. <laughs>
2: <right>? <laughs> and he's a guy called Playboy Buddy Rose. Right. And he's got a... It's like a really early ironic nickname because he was a big lump. He was a great right. big sort of flabby. <laughs> but But a really sort of weird quick good wrestler Mm. he was was just really really good Um, he's quite a big name at that point. He's had, like, maybe ten years before big title matches and stuff, mm.
0: but they just stick him in a mask, and, and you can tell... Not only that. <laughs> not only that. A mask that f- doesn't photograph well in the intro where he's, doing his, where he's do- doing his talking. None of, none of the, the bits match. <laughs> so he's got a red mask, a black top, and these really dirty white boots. It's like, he's, <laughs> it's like he's had to entertain some children at the last minute, and he's just grabbed everything he can. It does. And it looks it. like... Or if if you were being murdered by by a serial killer <laughs>
2: that's, that's the sort of thing they'd have and they'd be going you know Ooh. it just it looks like a sort of he looks like a shop dummy that's been like taken out of a canal it makes him, and he's got the one thing they've got and it must be a thing to just humiliate him is cuz he's quite fat right. he's got very flabby arms and the only thing they don't cover up in that is his arms. <laughs> so when he's doing it, they're all sort of wobbling. And it's just... Large. It's, it's such a bad start to sort of go, here we go, a new tradition of glamour and excitement. <laughs> here's, here's a cobbled together... Peter Sutcliffe costume <laughs> with a man who's in it who is much too big for it, and <laughs> and what's more, you know what he's quite talented. You you won't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we made it so you can't see out that bloody thing. Yeah, so, um, oh, uh, that's, faci- that's fascinating. Yeah. That they just you know they had a pretty good Cessna airplane and they smashed it. They did, they did, and, and they he just was cavorted around the pieces. Look he, at he was a
2: surprisingly good wrestler. He was. Uh, I, I've got a real soft spot. For the wrestlers who are really, they look fat and out of shape, but they can really turn it on. Yeah, and yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. he was, funnily, he was a really early sort of career uh, rival of Shawn Michaels. So right, he was, okay. you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, you, you, Shawn Michaels, a lot, lot of people would argue is the best in the world. He was learning really his stuff from someone like Playboy Body Rose. Yeah, And Playboy Body Rose, you know, he was in the first WrestleMania match. It's so sad that he's under a mask. I, I feel did he, did, he, did he have much of a degree after that? Did he kind of... Well, he bounced around a couple of the smaller federations. He actually came back for a short run with the WWF in about 1989. Mm. And he was just doing a comedy thing. By that point, he was really flabby. Right. Really flabby. And they made him do a thing called the blow Away Diet, where he'd appear on television with a, a box of powder, which he'd put all the powder over himself, and then he'd turn on a fan, and the weight scale he was on would go to zero. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he wrestled... Once and they were like, you know, th- that will go. Um, but uh, interesting fact: How did he die?
0: They always die. That's. What, I mean, that is not the best part of wrestling. But it's like, oh, that guy probably didn't live that long.
2: Hey, two thirds of the matches on this have a dead person in them.
0: <laughs> uh, go on, how did he die? <clears throat> Difficulties from diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's a, I don't think you might have been expecting something more spectacular than that. Yeah, I really was. But I did I was say ex- he was really fat. Was he was really fat. I was expecting, I don't know, <laughs> getting thrown at somebody. I don't know. No, 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 someone. no. no he, he had I was up. upsetting some kind of, like, a, a, a like bank heist or something.
1: Uh, a was like,
2: <sighs> he had diabetes. Very <sighs> overweight.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hey, it's
1: Danny Pellegrino
2: from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Match two. <laughs> uh, this is, this is uh, King Kong Bundy versus
0: Special yes. Delivery Jones. He's, I mean, King Kong Bundy, I'm going to guess how old he was when he died. 47. <laughs> Can I have 47? Wrong. Wrong. Did he? He's dead, though. He's not. What? He's not. That guy was. His art attack was in the mail. He looks like a big <laughs> <air. laughs> <laughs>
2: egg. Yeah, oh my god! No, he's still going. He was. He was. The funny thing is, he's in, he's really young when this WrestleMania takes place. He,
0: right. Okay. He, he's in his twenties. Because he looks like. Uh... Big Shaw, is it? Like he's that yeah. kind of kind of big daddy kind of.
2: Like. He's he's solid, huge, yeah. isn't he? He's he's sort of he's not fat. He's just massive. Yeah, tall and big. Yeah, and round. He's just <laughs> he, he's just an astonishing sort of solid-looking bloke.
0: But I just look the guy who was who was up against the uh, special delivery. I think special, name, delivery the special, special delivery, Jones. Special delivery, John. Yeah. <laughs> Do, he's got a jacket on at the start that looks a bit post-manny and, like, was that a thing? Special delivery... Was that his gimmick? I've done was a lot of you, research yeah. into this, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? first off, you might think he's called... Was he delivering insulin? <laughs> to- <laughs> to if he wrestling. was, he was too fucking late. <laughs> now-
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> you, think he, you think he's called Special Delivery Jones, right? <laughs> right. I went to the big official WWE encyclopedia because <laughs> right. I got interested in... Special Delivery. Yeah, okay, right. Right, his real name isn't Special Delivery Jones no. as a wrestler. It's SD Special Delivery Jones. Right. So it's got it twice oh,
0: for so, no reason. Oh, so his name was... So they gave him Special Delivery after his name was only SD Jones. No. No. They just don't know what they're doing.
2: <laughs> It'd be like you call yourself... You called yourself P- PD P- Peter P- Donaldson <laughs> Donaldson. <laughs> Jones. Right? It doesn't make any sense. The reason he's called special delivery, as you say, the mail thing. Before he was a wrestler, he worked at a telephone company. And that's why they called him special delivery. Right. They got him it, no. it's Just so flawed
0: on every level. Telegram maybe? I can't figure it out. S D, special delivery Jones. Worked in a telephone.
2: Worked in a telephone thing. It's all really wrong. <laughs> I don't think he knows.
0: <laughs> I think he's like this is this is great. This is fine. This is fine. I mean, well, he, he looked in. De- he looked decent, Nick. I mean, isn't um, uh, looking yeah. who he was fighting? I was thinking, oh his knees. I just looked at his yeah. knees and going, oh they're not strong enough. Yeah,
2: he was around for a, for, for a good long time, especially with Lee Jones. Always in this, this. This was for a long time the the shortest WrestleMania match. It's seventeen seconds. Yeah, and what it's doing? It, it- looked like. They, I get the ring back to yeah. somebody yeah. because
0: they just finished. And I was like, whoa, what was that?
2: Weirdly, what they were doing, and they, they, they have nothing like this nowadays, but they're setting up in that match the main event of WrestleMania 2 They're setting up Bundy as being this unstoppable monster. Back in the 80s, you don't get any matches that go 17 seconds. Every match goes 15 minutes. Yeah, okay, and right. so this is like a, a new thing that no one's ever seen before. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at that monster. Um, Special delivery Jones, he's around for, for a long time. He, he, you know, he, he, he's has his sort of um, his best days are, are in a tag team with a guy called Tony Atlas. And I just want to mention Tony Atlas because he was a wrestler around a long time, used to team with The Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, right. Back in the sort of seventies and early eighties. But he never did a WrestleMania. He was just sort of the wrong times. It never yeah. really never really quite happened. I think he actually does a Legends Battle Royale at WrestleMania seventeen, but mm. it's not by that time his career's over, yeah. he's, he's a joke. But I really wanted to mention him because I've read his autobiography. And Tony Atlas is one of the first, he was like black Superman. He was a a really muscular African-American. One of the few people who in the 80s had a a pinfall win over Hulk Hogan, things like that. He was really pushed and he was a a really sort of astonishing athlete. Mm. His autobiography is about 50% wrestling and 50% talking in really unashamed and gross detail about his foot fetish.
0: (laughs) And it's,
2: honestly, you'd buy that book and you'd be like, if you were reading it on the tube, you'd be like, I'm a bit embarrassed I'm reading, like, people will see I'm reading a book about a wrestler.
0: They don't know the fucking half of it. Right?
2: You are reading a book that is just one man explaining depth about what he likes in feet. What he'll do to get to feet. What, what, do to get to what feet? he'll do to get to feet. What type of feet he likes the most. And just constantly going. I mean, a lot of guys will give me a sticker for my, you know, foot fetish and then it'll be straight into 19 pages <laughs> about it. It's just, and, it, and it'll throw it in. you will sort of go. So, you know, we were having a, you know, a bit of downtime. Um, I had a really bad problem with my back and I was just getting a woman to walk all over my face and we were carry <laughs> on with it. And it's, it's honestly, it's the best wrestling autobiography <laughs> for me. It's, it's so bizarre. Um, Special Delivery Jones, he does retire. And I looked on the on site about him and uh, there was a picture. He went to work for one of the New York papers um, uh, not. I don't think, like, as a journal. I think he was just, like, sort of. Yeah. Because he's
0: carting <laughs> well,
2: kind of newspapers around. His maybe. name is Special Delivery Jones. <laughs> the natural thing to do paper is boy-ing. to go into paperboying. Paper <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a photo of him in the article, and it was a guy, like, an elderly uh, African American gentleman just in the sea, and he just looked so happy and so good that I thought, oh, well, that's good. I'm glad he's had a nice life. And as I went down further, it wasn't a photo for the article. It was an advert for Expedia. So it was nothing to
0: do with him. Anyway, uh, he's dead. <laughs> and then, but then, I mean, I don't know. And then, uh, uh, well, Tony Atlas could have been underwater. was it Tony Atlas <laughs> looking
2: at people's feet? Literally? Just chewing on his feet. <laughs> How did special delivery die? Tony Atlas chewed his feet. Um, uh, just a, a quick trivia note, by the way, about King Kong Bundy. This is always worth yes. hearing. Okay. He got his nickname... Uh, because King Kong, and that was the King
0: Kong part of King. Don't Kong Don't tell Bundy. me Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. What are they thinking? Why does not, Why isn't there anybody in the office going? No, to Do that. Do you know what he
2: started as? He started as Big Daddy Bundy, and someone like Big went. Daddy. Yeah, it was taken from Big Daddy, and someone actually said to him, "Do you know what that name?" <laughs> uh, not that happy with it. Call yourself King Kong Bundy. (laughs) Just
1: (laughs) Just call call
2: King Kong. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that would work. But this is 85. Uh, Ted Bundy is only arrested in 1979. Right, so it's fresh in the mind. This is six years, right? An equivalent would be we have a guy now who everyone's talking about who's called King Kong Rao (laughs) Mo.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, to be honest, he he had the build. I wouldn't. I reckon Mount Mort was probably, you know, he was a nightclub bouncer. Yeah, he could probably do it. Yeah so opportunity missed we'll never know we'll never know Gaz could have got a wiggle on couldn't he
2: yeah well Ted Bundy also he was still alive while this Wrestlemania was there (laughs) brilliant so he may have been able to see it on cable Uh, yeah on cable in the prison although yeah let's be sensitive because cables and Ted Bundy that's how it ended (laughs) so not great not great Um, he was actually executed just a couple of months before Wrestlemania 5 Ah, oh. That's how I time things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pre-WrestleManias, post-WrestleManias. <laughs> yeah, I find that's the most accurate way. Do you do a quarter month, like, kind of like Royal Rumble? Occasionally I'll throw in a SummerSlam, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I don't want to make it too technical for people. <laughs> uh, fantastic. <laughs> well, Match three. Match three, match three.
0: Match three, we've got uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne. Yes. What did you think of that? I thought um, Steamboat was, good lord, um, cut. Mm. God, he was cut. Mm. Like, you, if, if you saw him today, and he was wrestling today, you'd be like, yeah, he's a wrestler. Like, yeah, he, he just looks like a wrestler.
2: Doesn't he? He's, he's one of those guys you could take out of the time he's in, and you could put him in today if yeah. he was that age and he wouldn't have to change anything about what he's
0: doing and he'd be a huge star what I would say I don't think he's seen much karate because he does karate jobs <laughs> I don't think there's much karate in is he from Hawaii <sighs> is he from Hawaii or that's, something that's what's yeah.
2: terrible isn't it do you know because someone looks at him and they go you're from Hawaii and they go hmm that's close let me, isn't have, a it? Look, let me have a look at your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? You should start doing chops. It's, it is heartbreaking. Well, there isn't was it? a lot of that,
0: isn't there? Who's that guy who played like a crazy African? One of the one of the crazy African Kamala. Kamala. Um, he, he was from like Texas or something. He was Kamala's like, real name is Charles Harris. I know. I just I look. If you're gonna. T- if you're going to sell out someone's people, if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to, you know, be racist, be accurate, you know, that's yeah. the disappointing thing. Isn't there's, it, I
2: think. Th- there's, there's some if,
0: weird. If, if you're gonna, I mean, at least Iron Sheikh was from Iran. Yes. Like, at least that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. Or at least he, he was Iranian American. At least that's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, there is a sort of funny,
2: there's a really weird thing where wrestling is incredibly right on in in retrospect. So mm. you go back to the sixties and seventies and there were black headliners. Yeah.
0: There were lots of which promoters. You didn't, see, which you didn't see in like I don't know uh, soccer and no. uh, you know very few anyway. No and, and and you know, I suppose there's a
2: parallel with boxing. But mm. there would be promoters who would refuse to play segregated halls. There yeah. are a couple of huge, huge name um, wrestlers who were making the money exactly the same as the white headlines. People like mm. Sputnik Monroe, uh, Ernie Big Cat Lad. These are real sort of trailblazing. Yeah, he was also an NFL player, which is where he had the, oh, the name okay, from. Right. But, but, uh, and the promoters were also very, very aware that they could appeal to to, to black audiences. Black right. audiences paid the same for their ticket as white audiences. Mm-hmm. And so they were really unusually... Wrestling, I think you'd, you'd sort of go, it, it's such a sort of like tatty sport that you imagine it would be full of racists mm. and, and homophobes and it would be a really like locker room-y mentality. And it's not the case. There mm. are some, you know, huge names in wrestling who are gay and fairly openly gay. Mm. There were huge sort of, you know, black wrestlers. But you still have this funny thing. It always reminds me of Kenny Lynch. Kenny Lynch uh, was a comedian in Britain in the eights, mm. 70s and 80s. And he would always do these slightly racist jokes about himself. And because he was doing it, he was like, oh, well, I'm owning it and everything. And, it, and it's funny and everyone's laughing. But people at home were still just laughing because he was doing a black joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that in wrestling still. So, oh, there's so many wrestlers who, who are black who, you know, the big move is a headbutt because they've got thicker skulls sort of thing. Right, okay, and, it's, okay. and it's just stuff like that, which is weird, because from the outside you just go, oh, that's gross and horrible. Mm. You 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 sort of get the thing like with Ricky Steamboat. There's a, a, another wrestler from the generation before who was called Sammy Steamboat, and they went, oh, you look like him, so we're going to call you Ricky Steamboat. Right, okay. And it was slightly like, it's not that it's... It, badly meant, it's just that people are lazy, and you don't think you're going to get stuck with a name that some bloke gives you in four minutes, you well, know, exa- for the rest and, of your and, career. Yeah, that's
0: the thing, you always, I always assume that uh, everyone's kind of character, if you're going to sell a character, you must have thought about it, and, and given it some thought, and, and, and kind of come up with yourself, but frequently, somebody goes, right, you're that yep. guy, you're that guy, you're him, you're this, this is going to be your gimmick, uh, and it's just like, yeah. it's either something they've seen before... Or something just off the top of the heads, and yep. it frequently doesn't fit. But the guys just make them work. There you know? are,
2: I mean, there are so many. Certainly, when you get to the '90s in WWE, and you'll see this in some WrestleManias coming up, mm. there are so many more gimmicks that they're doing that just fall by the wayside and you just forgotten about. It's, you know, occasionally you get the sort of great classic gimmicks. I mean, I mean, probably the greatest gimmick of all time is the Undertaker. Right? There's a perfect example there of just looking at a guy and going, "You're going to be an Undertaker," mm. and he just happened to mesh with that so well and run with it. Well, Ricky Steamboat, really. I mean, Sammy Steamboat, the person who he's named after, is. Forgotten, to all mm. intents and purposes, he's only really mentioned in connection with the fact that with he him, gave right, Ricky okay. Steamboat the name. Ricky Steamboat is just magic in this, mm. and uh, again, we're we going to have to wait a year and a half for this. But he um, he had a career that was that was brilliant. He was just an astonishing wrestler. He, in the 80s, he has one of the finest American matches of all time with Ric Flair. Mm. They have a series of three that are just insanely good. And, you know, Again, you could put them on today yeah. and anyone could watch them and just go, that was a great wrestling match. Haven't dated at all. He then gets back issues. And so by the mid-90s, he's, he's winding down. He ends up returning at WrestleMania 25 after pretty much a 10-year layoff. Mm. And he hasn't lost a step. It's really? just, I mean, I mean... <clears throat> Well, he has, <laughs> <laughs> but it's surprising to uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, and it was such a sort of like you know, you can see here he's just he's just so naturally good. Mm. He's so naturally good. It's just mm. exciting. The, there's a couple of like autobiographies. The one by Ric Flair, for example, talks about wrestling him, and he just says it's the most beautiful experience in the world mm. that you just don't feel like you he's touching you or you're touching him. It's just like silk. I mean, it's just right, okay. so exciting. And he's going up against a guy called um, Matt Bourne. Yeah,
0: so Matt, Matt Bourne was just trouble. <laughs> Well, I, this is the one where they both brought their dads, didn't they? Or, or one of them brought their dads, rather. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's mentioned in the
2: thing. Uh, is it Tough Tony? T- t- tough t- one's Tough Tony, the other guy. Maniac Matt Bourne. I mean, there's right. like a family tradition there of going, here's your name, and then here's your wrestling name, which starts <laughs> with the same letter.
1: <laughs> That's good.
2: Yeah, t- Tony Bourne was uh, uh, He he was one of these hard-partying wrestlers. So oh, he was okay, good, yeah. but he never quite got to the level he should do. He was uh, fired from uh, WWE for, for drugs. Uh, uh, but he went on to create a character in the mid-90s. He Called was the original... Drug wrestler. <laughs> of all the people that you do, you go, who is the most off their face? Who should be Doink the Clown?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so they give this guy the gimmick where he's a clown, and he plays an evil clown, and he does it really, really well. Mm. But it doesn't last because the drugs are still there. <laughs> so he takes, you know, he, get, he, he gets off, off his face. He's fired. He ends up in ECW. ECW in the mid-90s, you know, hardcore promotion, Revolutionises the business. Mm. Their locker room is awash with drugs. Mm. He gets fired from ECW.
0: So if you get fired from ECW, that's that's it's like hard being fired living. from
2: the Libertines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what drugs are we talking We're talking the, the, the cocaines and, the, and the, the, I, the, the recreationals rather than I think, the... I, th- I think the party
2: the, drugs, yeah. At yeah. this time, really, steroids, certainly in, in the 80s, a lot of the wrestlers don't know there's any harm in them. They know it changes their well, mood. It, well, it's
0: kind of... I mean, you can kind of tell... I mean, uh, the thing about steroids and the things that I've sort of noticed is that if you don't work really hard, you can really tell. You just become yeah. stocky. And the, the muscle's there, but it's just... It, you just become big and doughy without really having any definition. Hulk Hogan. Got a head like a cow. <laughs> but it is that kind of like it is that wrestler's body that there's no six packs. No, there's no kind of you can eat what you want, you can drink it as much as you like, but the steroids just can make you really big. And yeah. you know that works. That that you know that yeah. is the body there shape of everyone. No lean needs. muscle. They no. are just
2: like bloated sacks <laughs> <laughs> crashing into one another. ah <laughs> oh, it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> so Paul Mountball get, gets cut on. There's um, uh, yeah, there's a a, 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 a Video of him um, shooting in a match towards the end of his life with a guy called Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Right, where for some reason shooting. You know, what does that mean? Like shooting is when you decide not to have a match and you decide to actually try and have a, a genuine uh, fight with someone. Right. So okay, it's, okay. it's named after the shooters. They were the guys who used to be sort of very trained in amateur wrestling and they'd they could shoot wrestle you, which meant that. You know, if, if just a promoter had it, yeah. oh, what? But, off the top of
0: your head, kind of like wrestling rather than...
2: Yeah, no, 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 serious stuff. If you okay. had someone that you were like, they're not going to give up the belt because they want more money, right. you'd send in a shooter. And the shooter would just stand there and Keep go, the we yeah. can do this the easy way or the hard way, but either way, we're doing it my way, sort of thing.
0: <laughs> in front
2: of a crowd. Yeah, now Incredible. Matt, now Matt like, Bourne does this towards the end of his life, and he's in his 50s, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan's probably in his 60s, and there's about 16 people in this gym, and I, I honestly it sort of makes me well up i sort of he's still going you know let's let's do this i'm a tough he's guy t- and he's, and he's dressed as the sort of Joker from Batman and it's just
0: <laughs> oh god oh,
2: wrestling these two are men that have
0: been so much together and a tradition of, and apart of glamour and, and excitement and suddenly this man is you know this man who's not that much younger than you is going I'm going to kick your ass and have you, going, you ever 50 have, you have you ever been
2: to a pub and like a friend of your uncle has done that <laughs> what I just started a scrap yeah where they've sort of looked at you and they've sort of gone right <laughs> you and me
0: <laughs> <laughs> we still kill the Old way, Kind of like, oh, God, this is tiring me out even just thinking about oh, it. Oh, God. That's horrible, isn't it? It is. But
2: watching that, uh, the one thing I also took out of that is I looked at Matt Bourne, and I knew this about him, obviously, but I thought, he looks like he stinks.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I was going to come on with the Iron Shirk later on. Mm. Iron Shirk, after that match that he does, he sweats more than I've ever seen any other human sweat. Like, it's still coming out of him when he's finished, like, five minutes later. Like, A fountain. He's like a water, yeah, like a water. Like nobody else is like that apart from the iron shake, he's just constantly <laughs> just it, water is pouring not just like kind of like coming out of him it's pouring out of, off the top of his head it's incredible I got steroid sweats I got such a oh. good lord I've never seen anything like it man that's it for
2: part one but we're going to be back in seven days with the concluding part of Wrestlemania 1 Mark does
0: it get any better? no bye
2: <laughs>